Hey everybody, welcome to It's Real with Jordan and Demi. Welcome, happy Friday. Uh, we've had three shows this week. It's been a huge week and we are finishing up with a great band and a great singer. Uh, you know Our Lady Peace from songs like Clumsy and Somewhere Out There. Uh, they've got a new single out with Pussy Riot, which is really cool. And we are pleased to have frontman of Our Lady Peace, Rain Maida. What's going on? Hey guys, happy to be here. <laughs> How's it going? We love the chandelier, first of all. I just woke up, so I'm happy. I'm happy you guys are liking everything. <laughs> well, we appreciate you. Uh, I guess you're out in LA, I'm assuming. And uh, so we appreciate you talking to us. And happy release day on the new single, first of all. Yeah. You know what? I usually I'm um, kind of like nonchalant about release days on stuff. But I, I this song, this whole single, this album... Uh, I guess coming out of COVID, like everything, everything feels much more elevated. How did you end up connecting with Pussy Riot in the first place? Uh, so Nadia, I, I've been involved in like I, I, I kind of I have a side hustle in tech that I love, um, and so been building different products for the last ten or twelve years. And one thing that I built, the partner of mine, about five years ago was a live streaming app called Record Mob, which was really for like. The counterculture for creators and activists never a rally if someone's getting beat up it's kind of funny where culture's gone in terms of you know with george floyd and the fact that that video was so prominent in this case and and, and black lives matter and so the app was really to help things like that long story is when we launched that app at south by southwest four years ago uh we hired had nadia and pussy ride kind of dj the launch which was pretty cool so i got it chance to meet her obviously because it was counterculture activist based she's a perfect person for it um and we just kind of kept in touch and then this song has a bit of that you know are we finally ready to stop making these uh, people that don't deserve fame and and kind of abuse it um take up all our bandwidth so again she was like the perfect person to be involved she loved it and uh, killed it there's a cover of the of the new single looks great um and we didn't even mention "Stop Making Super People Famous" is the is the name of the song. This obviously is a departure for you. That's kind of the 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 headline of this song. Despite in um, in addition to the subject matter, is that it's a dance rock song. You can dance this song. It's a four on the Love floor. There you like, go. That's what I'm. Yeah, there yeah, you yeah. Go. Hallelujah. It's a dance rock. So, song. that's what I'm calling dance it. rock song. Um, if if you haven't heard it, it's kind of reminiscent of maybe um. Scissor Sisters or Gang of Four, um, hey, those types of those types of bands. Um, so why uh, why the stylistic departure for this one? Well, we worked with um, Dave Siddick, who I'm like uh, just enamored with. He's a brilliant producer. I'm a huge fan of his band TV on the Radio, and he's just a mad genius. And so he got a hold of this demo that we did, and just turned it into this beast of as I'm going to call from here on forward, a dance rock song. So, you know, I, I think I think it was initially inspired like by the Talking Heads. We were definitely interested in exploring different rhythms on this album, and um, you know, this this is a this was a great start. So, when people finally hear the record, like the full album, they'll see that exploration. And, and Dave's a big part of that because he's such a programming rhythmic dude that um, he really helped take it to the next level. In working with Pussy Riot for this track was it done remotely how did you guys yeah unfor 
Well, it was unfortunately just because when she recorded her parts, you know, we were just locked down here in LA pretty hard. So that was a bummer. But we just, you know, we shot a video. She's in the video. We got to hang um, those couple of days that we're doing the video. So that was fun. Good to catch up with her. And who knows? I mean, as we start doing shows, as we start doing shows, hopefully, you know, she kind of still she'll come hang and and either you know get on stage with us and she's got a band. Maybe we'll play together. Who knows? And this would be great on uh, on TV, uh, like a, again in a talk show, live SNL type environment. This song would be sick. Definitely, yeah, I like dig that. In addition to this single, you guys are also prepping. Um, I'm sure it's already done. The spiritual machines too. What? What? First of all, why did you decide to kind of make a sequel to Spiritual Machines, which came out in 2000, I believe? What was that about? Uh, you know, so Spiritual Machines was based off of Ray Kurzweil book, The Age of Spiritual Machines, which is all about you know getting AI and getting close to singularity. And so we became friendly with Ray, who was like this crazy futurist. Works, I think he works for Google now, but he like he legit invented the first keyboard. He um, started Singularity University in the Bay Area. Like, like this guy's a genius beyond genius. And so just becoming friendly with him, we we got him to um, kind of make some predictions, pulled excerpts from his book, and he speaks on that record between songs. And it just felt like twenty years later. It was time to, to kind of just go see what happened. You know, when someone makes predictions, you're waiting to see if they come true. So it's funny. He's back on. We reached out to him again. He's back on Spiritual Machines to making some new predictions, but also kind of reflecting on the ones he did. And that dude is is smart. He got I won't I won't say how much, but he was really close to getting everything right in terms of, you know, all his predictions. And, and the other cool thing is that. When you talk about this song and it's like this dance rock song, it's more upbeat. It's kind of almost anti-rock in terms of uh, just the mood and the vibe. And Ray's predictions for the future, where we see them on TV and film, like this dystopian scorched earth kind of thing, his are way more positive, which was great to, to hear and see and feel um, just in terms of, you know, all the stuff we're, we're so concerned and worried about and pushing towards and trying to fix on this planet. And as a culture, Ray sees that stuff kind of um, not being as much of an issue 15, 20 years from now, which is cool. Interesting. There's an interview of you guys I found from 1994. Mm. Wow. God. And you just got signed. Um, you guys look so 90s. It's, mm. it, it looks like a 90s movie, like you guys were styled that way. Um, <laughs> Everyone looks like we were styled. That's the problem. We were styled. You guys I, don't like stylists. I, I know. I know that. I feel like 1994. Everyone wanted. Everyone wanted you to look like extra from Clueless. Was like the vibe. You know. Exactly. Oh my god. Can you break down for us just how did the, how the band started? Just one last time. I'm I'm pretty sure you guys. I haven't talked about it for a while. I'm happy to. Uh -huh. I mean, we were just, we were just, uh, you know, Duncan and I went to high school together. We had a band there. Then when like you graduate and you figure out, okay, we're, are we going to college? I went back to Toronto. He went away to college and I started, I started, you know, uh, another band. And finally when we got Duncan back in, it just felt like, okay, we started making some songs and all of a sudden, you know, we had a demo that I took to, it used to be called CMJ. I don't even think it exists anymore. It was like the college music journal. Like this was kind of a cool pre-South by Southwest 
you know, just way for, for bands to be heard in New York City for like ran for I think like four or five days. And it was just dope to be down there and like there was great energy and you see all these great bands. And I was literally handing out CDs to like anyone that would listen. And all of a sudden, like literally a, a few weeks later when I go back to Toronto, I was getting calls from like Interscope out here in LA and Geffen and then Sony Music and it's like wow, I can't believe this actually worked. Like I handed out a CD and now people are calling. So we did some showcases in Toronto and we hadn't really done much. Like literally these were the first three songs that we'd recorded and we ended up performing for all those labels. They flew in and Sony um, kind of was like coolest just in terms of, hey, we really like what you're doing. Why don't you just keep doing that? Wasn't like some big deal. There's no bidding war. It's not a great story that way, but they just gave us the freedom. And so we made a record called Veed, and then it was it was still really slow, and they were cool with it, and thank God, you know, they were like they acted more like even though it was Sony Music, they acted more like an Indian, just in terms of like we get it, you guys are young, it's your first time, just develop, get out there, and then you know from there it's kind of like history, and things started to pick up, and then Clumsy kind of pop for us, and but I I really appreciate looking back on that time because we weren't thrown into like the wolves you know we were allowed to grow slowly over those first few years which was cool and how do you feel about Naveed when you if you listen to any of it today how do you feel about the sound now, i, I love i still love that record for the rawness of it the um, i remember i was i was such a dick back then i was like no keyboards no piano we're not you know we're just doing drums bass and guitar and and i was just so adamant about not like putting these restrictions on and I think it's, I think it's a cool place to, 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 to experiment with when you have those restrictions, like what can you do with just these things? And um, it definitely didn't last for the band because this record had tons of keyboards and key and piano, but um, I still, I think it lives up. I think it has this great, um, it captured the mood of like a young band making their first record for sure. Oh, and I, I really, I really like that era in general where anything could be a hit. You know, you think about the mid to late right, 90s, you yeah. had, you had like everything from, you know, the swing revival and ska and yeah. on through, you know, like kind of the post grunge, you guys were kind of in the same era as like better than Ezra and those kind of yeah. like, you know, those bands. Um, so really it was kind of wide open. Um, so I bet that had to have been a nice freedom to have that we can make any kind of rock music. And if the song's good, maybe it'll get on the radio. That's a, that's a fascinating point because I, I, when you talk about it like that on radio, I talk about it more like on the festivals that we were doing very early on. Like we play a festival in Arizona and I'm a huge soul coffee fan and they'd be playing and then faith no more would play. And then you, like you said, like a ska band would play then and the death on the play. So it was like very much more open and alternative music was definitely, um, you know, the curves were just so much wider. It was so cool. Now, uh, rain, you, you mentioned about your, your thing in tech, uh, your interest in tech, you have an NFT venture that you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm a big proponent of independent um, creators. And so everything I've kind of built in tech over the years has always been trying to support the independent creator. And then um, I joined this company out of Seattle last year. That's It was basically uh, an IP blockchain company. So they were using Ethereum and the blockchain to protect IP and patents. Two really smart founders. And so I, they wanted to get into music. So I, so I joined the team and, and helped 
help build an app called Sing with a uh, question mark or sorry, an exclamation mark as the eye. It's on the iOS store. It's on the Apple. You can download it. Anything you, if you were to um, take this audio file from the podcast or the video file, upload it in the Sing wallet, it gets protected on the blockchain. And that's kind of like our, you know, key value prop right there that, that we protect your shit basically is what we say. The thing is that technology in the background and using blockchain and Ethereum, what we create is NFT. So if you upload this podcast into the single wallet, you're actually creating an NFT. Now we just, we'd never use that language because until people and, and Blau and, and, uh, Sibayoki, you know, selling songs or spinning heads for millions of dollars, no one knew what an NFT was. Now we're slowly, you know, using that word again. I, I think actually we, we like more collectibles. I'm not even big on the word NFT, but what's happening is it's like this really sick. NFT um, is the buzz, the buzz term though. That's like the buzz, you know, acronym that everyone recognizes. It, it absolutely is unfungible token. It makes a lot of sense. It's technically correct. It's just boring and technical and, and not cool. So um, uh, it'll go away promise but yeah look back at this podcast here and people won't use that word anymore hopefully but anyway the idea that me as a creator you guys as, as your pot you can get direct to your fans and put a royalty on it and have it protected and on the blockchain and if it gets resold you you participate in that reset it's just this new economy that is literally at its infancy but it's gonna it's it's a game changer for sure it gives creators superpowers it removes all the gatekeepers you know i, I don't want to sound like a, a business dude but it it's going to change the no, you, way you sold me. i'm like i well the reason i ask green i'm a i'm a photographer i'm a music photographer that's how i started Perfect, the podcast. Man. like and let's talk. Uh, yeah and I, I i make video loops and video art and stuff like that so yeah totally i'm totally into it i'm interviewing you for this but i'm also interested in the whole process so well, yeah so right yeah. now so so there's two components of saying right now if you upload some of your photographs like after this interview you uh -huh. can actually they get protected on the blockchain and you can just scroll through them and, and it's a great way to store your shit as well but if you want to so we're partners with rarible so if you want to list them on rarible you can go do that right away it's really easy it's a one-click button you see the rarible logo on our app and you can go list it and make money we also have a market launching in a couple months that is going to have, you know, it's curated. It's going to feature, you know, incredible artists that are, are really deep in, or are really diving deep into the NFT space and creating some incredible art. So that's more of like this custom curated thing. But, you know, with Sing, you can kind of have either side, which is really cool. Do you partner with any other music industry and other band people? Because I know that's kind of a, a strength in numbers thing with this sort of venture. Yeah, I mean, all the people that are involved in market definitely are. Um, because of them are our partners. You know, they they're they're using Sing as their exclusive place to to sell their NFTs. So they're absolutely partners of ours. And even on the Rarible side, like we have our tie, like Rarible is open market, right? So it's kind of like being on eBay. So it can be a little daunting for a user or a fan that goes on there. It's like there's too much to look at. Kind of like I can't even open Netflix anymore. I don't know what to yeah. watch. So well, we'll give you, we'll give featured art, like we'll feature you, which is cool and gives you a look. That's great. And that's cool that you're de demystifying the whole process. Cause to me, that's the issue is like, it just is like daunting and confusing to me, the whole situation with, 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 with the collectibles and NFTs. Anyway, Demi, this is, sorry, Demi, for we went off into an NFT. I used, I used my personal, personal to get some personal information. Um, I'm wondering yeah. at what point does a rocker go into 
business and what inspired that move? This is it's a jump. I'll tell you, man. Yeah. Sean Fanning, like legit reaching his hand in my pocket and taking my money, you know, with Napster. Oh, I, man. I was, yeah. And I was like, should I be angry about this? Or is tech like inevitable and I should learn about it? And I chose to learn about it. And, I've, and, and I think tech has been incredible. Like I'm sitting in the studio at home. You know, I'm the records here every day. We do it digitally and it's simple. And I can take a track into my bedroom before I'm falling asleep with headphones and edit it or rearrange. Like technology, I can do, I can make a track on a plane. Like the technology is amazing. It's the only thing that hasn't caught up is how, do, how does, how do we find that fair value exchange for creators? Because, you know, streaming doesn't work for creators straight up. It just doesn't. Like we get paid nothing for streaming on Spotify or Apple. They're great platforms in terms of pushing our stuff out there, but that value exchange is a little whack. So, you know, now we're at a different stage and, and this stuff kind of happens quickly when you, when you just look at history, like, you know, the iPhone's only 10 years old. You can get any song on your iPhone. That's dope. Now with NFTs, it's like, okay, now we're going to be able to find a way to get to those fans. Not that Apple goes away or Spotify goes away, but I can, you know, what, what OLP is doing with this new album as NFTs, the way we're, we're, we're rolling it out and, and, and planning these really cool things. I mean, even look at it on an art perspective. Like we've kind of come back to where like art is like a thumbnail on your phone. Does anybody really care about doing artwork anymore? Well, with NFTs, I'm totally jazzed about it again and talking and collabing with tons of artists because now we can offer like full artwork again and that's expanded, moving and video. All those things are back in play, which is really cool. I, when I was going through, you know, all the things you've done across music and tech and everything is the, the documentary, I'm going to break your heart that you did a couple of years ago, um, which was about you and your wife going through some stuff. And it was, um, <laughs> t- tell me about why you decided to make this such an intimate personal documentary film, you know, and, and, and not, not only did you do it, but you did it, you know, 20 you know over 20 years into your musical journey like why why did you do it and why did you choose that time to do it literally like four years ago one night we we're in we came in we came in this room and i don't know it was like two in the morning i don't know how we ended up here together but um i started playing a chord progression and we wrote this song called i love it when you make me beg and it just kind of like poured out of us in like 15 minutes. And so we looked at each other and like, wow, this is amazing. Maybe we should actually think about making an album together. And we never really talked about it before. So we decided that night, it's like, yeah, let's just keep it cool. We'll just do this like once or twice a week. And in a couple months, we'll have an album. Two years later, nothing. Like literally, we didn't write another song. So a friend of ours who's a filmmaker here in town basically said, look, you got, you know, I heard that song. I know how you guys interact. Like, just you got to you got to figure out a way to do this. And probably she knows from film, it's like you have to get away. If you stay in LA, you're never going to get it done because there's just too many distractions with dogs and kids and and your own careers and all that shit. So basically, she convinced us to. We went to this little island um, uh, that France owns, but it's actually off the coast of Canada. Uh, it's Saint Pierre, and we booked flights and a crew, and so we couldn't say no. And then when we went out there, we knew that it was going to be tough because we're like four flights away from our kids, 6,000 miles away, pressure of making an album. 
And so we do a little like marriage coaching. So we saw our guy first and just figured, you know what, let's just record it all. But at the end of the day, what it was when we came back, if we were just to show the songs like, hey, we're in this little hotel room on this crazy island and it's winter and it's kind of like The Shining and we're trying to make or trying to write music. If we were just to show the song, people would have been like, whoa, why is he saying this? Or why is there, why is there so much tension in this song? So you had to show the content before. So if we got in a fight before, Chantel was pissed at me or whatever was going on, would have really felt like totally inauthentic to not show that stuff. So we did. And I, like, there's nothing crazy. I know people get kind of shocked by it. Say, wow, it's so revealing. But if you all take a look at our, you know, your own personal lives, I don't think it's a, you know, a chair didn't go through a window. Uh, I don't even think it, it, it wasn't you know, who's afraid uh, of Virginia Woolf or anything. Yeah, it, it, I get it. Like if you're a fly on the wall watching us argue, it's like, oh my god, this is uncomfortable. But that's life. So what? What was it like two artists um, coming together and building a life? Yeah, we were just talking. Um, yeah, we were just talking. Our, our producer Hope was just talking for the show, um, where her mother gave her advice: never marry an artist. Uh, so. <laughs> you guys both just did that so how did that how I, second, did that I second that advice <laughs> um no i mean i you know it's i i honestly think like i think it's tough if you're if you're if you don't if you're not an artist yourself and like keep the creator side like that part of your brain if you don't really truly understand that it's probably i would imagine man it's tough to live with one i honestly think i think Chantel and I have survived and like actually flourished like this record and everything we're doing now is like the best of our lives. But I think it's cause we get it and you don't, you, it's like, um, what do they call it? Like when you have a shorthand with someone, you know, if I get off the road after like what oh, he did, um, we toured with Bush and live a couple summers ago and it was long, man. It was like the longest time I got on the road for a while. It was like four or five months. But when I come home, Chantel, she gets it. It's she's not like, so what happened? Tell me everything. It's like, you know what it's like. I don't have to give you the minutiae. We can get right to like just the good parts and there's no insecurities and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so you kind of, you just kind of know what it's like and you know what it's like inside even a creator, like a, and look, we're both singers. Like when I'm on the road after a show, I got to chill. Like I ha I, I'm not staying up partying. I'm not, I'm not talking a lot. Especially on a tour that's, that has a lot of shows on the road because I'm trying to protect my voice. She gets it. So she's not calling me at like 1 a.m. saying, where are you? What's going on? Like, there's just this real synergy and understanding that that happens and, and it happens both ways. So I think that's easier. Um, I think we're both crazy. That makes it a little tougher sometimes, but we manage. We manage. What are your plans or OLP's plans for the summer, for the rest of the summer? Mover Sun. So, so Chantal and I have a show here at Hotel Cafe August 5th, which I'm really excited about because we haven't played for so long. We actually did a, we went into Hotel Cafe, which is like this, you know, this famous kind of, you know, intimate club in, in Hollywood. We went there for Pace Magazine and performed three songs in the venue without anyone there. And I was like, this is so crazy. This is weird. But still felt, okay, this would be incredible if you can imagine, you know, this place being packed with fans. So anyway, that show is happening August 5th. Like I can't wait to play that. And then, um, you know, he's kind of easing to it in terms of touring, trying to see what's really open and, and what's happening. But I think by the fall, 
there'll be uh, definitely Chantal and I are going to go on the road, and OLP is planning stuff right now as well. So lots, lots of live shows. I can't wait for this OLP record to come out. What's uh, What's the release date be, on the on the uh, on the on the I OLP? I think I don't I don't have a date, but I think it's like sep- end of September, right at the beginning of October, kind of thing. Well, that'd be that'll be a blast to hit the road on a real tour and have new songs to play. That'll be sick. Yeah, looking forward to that. Very um, Coming from the rock sphere, um, with a rock band like you guys, there's a buzz about rock music coming back, right? There's people like you working with Pussy Riot, um, Travis Barker working with people like McPhee and Kelly. How do you feel about rock making a comeback or this possible, you know? Yeah, I, I don't, I think it makes a comeback just in the sense of pulling, you know, the really interesting parts of rock music over the last, you know, 30 or 40 years, really. I don't think it comes back in the same way because it's just derivative, you know? And even if you have young bands copying Nirvana, I don't know if that works, but I think there's a spirit in rock music that is lo- has been lost for a while. So that spirit is what we need to champion, man. And, and I hope that's right. I hope that comes back. I, I will say that when I interact with people, younger people like in their early 20s, there's a love of guitar music that doesn't exist with people closer to 30. It's almost like they missed, if you're 24, you missed the um, the boom of Nirvana and all the 90s stuff and Our Lady Peace and Bush and Live and the band you just mentioned. And so there's yeah. this kind of crave, almost like a craving to, because they feel like they missed out on that. I think that's my, that's my theory. Yeah, Jordan, I mean, spot on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, um, I, can't, I can't, sorry guys, just to say like, just a, a parallel, like the way, 80s music kind of came back with synthesizers and and that stuff finding its way. I think it was brilliant, and it did. And, and and yeah, there was some stuff that was derivative, but it just worked its way into music, you know. And and it's cool. Even bands like Arcade Fire, you know, were able to grab things like that and put it into their their sure. new albums. And and I think it's brilliant. I think rock music will have the same thing. But again, to me, it's all about there. There's a spirit that was lost, and and the. Spirit of all those great bands, Pearl Jams and Nirvana, and and what they started and what they changed was just unprecedented in a way, you know. So hopefully that comes back. Like, where is Raging? I know Rage is actually going on tour again, but like, where is Raging Against the Machine? Where is that that passion sure. and that? Yeah, where are you, so Raging? Yeah, we appreciate the Rage the Rage comeback for sure. All right, uh, Rain. Before we let you go, we have a little like one of those little rapid fire question games, and because. Uh, OLP is a very famous Canadian band. It's going to be Canadian themed. So, oh wow, uh, You're, I've yeah, been yeah, a long time. Yeah. So here we go. Okay, so Canadian version of what's your deal? So first question: What's your favorite Neil Young song? Oh, uh, a man needs a maid. Good one. Good. One. Old man is my favorite. I know it's a, I know it's a single, but you know, yeah. I all said time. that, but you want to, you want to go deep track. I appreciate it. I'm track. an artist. I gotta, I gotta be hipper than that. Right. I appreciate it. Okay. And uh second question, what's your favorite Canadian venue? You know what? So there's a venue that just reopened in Toronto after like 10 years. It's called the Elma combo. And it's kind of, it's right downtown Toronto. It's kind of where like before the Stones went on tour or U2, for some reason, I I guess there was just this thing, you know, around the planet where people knew you could go rehearse at the Elmo and then do a show or a couple shows before you went out on a big tour. So 
yeah it's it's amazing like all these huge the police all these bands would play there before they went or rehearse there and then play before they went on the tour and it's just opened up and it's pretty crazy i almost threw a you in favorite but i thought that would be a little too spot on uh okay so how do you feel about bare naked ladies how do i feel about them yeah like what, what when you think of bare naked ladies what comes to mind i always th- i i just think about that song one week and it was such like it was one of it was probably the catchiest song of, of the year you know of course i know those guys are all good guys um yeah that for some reason and look i i, I do know how they started they started it's really really an interesting way we we had this TV station in Toronto and they had a booth, like video booth where you could go in and put um, like a buck and speak your mind for two minutes called Speaker's Corner. But the Bare Naked Ladies were brilliant. They went in there and they put their $2 in and they played this great song, $1. And so that's probably the most interesting success story in the music business, I would think. That's how they I got love the I actually like, I like Brian Wilson and some of those earlier, like Gordon era bare naked yep. lady songs um sure. what is the status of somersault festival back baby it's back i mean not this summer obviously but um you know when we started that thing with the pumpkins and deftones and perfect circle um all those bands it was amazing had you know had a kind of lapse but we relaunched it last year with um some friends of ours and bush and live played a bunch of those shows as well so uh we're literally talking right now about and the bands that are that'll be on it, but I love it. Good to hear. Good to hear. What is the best city outside of Toronto for music in Canada? Probably Montreal. Um, oh, duh. Yeah, sure. Arcade Fire. Yeah, and, and not, but not, just, not just because of the music. Like there is a great music scene there. We we kind of started there. A lot of people drive there on the weekends and just play at wherever, like a pizza joint or a little club. But the fans in Montreal for music are just so passionate about it. it. It's always a pleasure to play there. Dope. And who would you rather collaborate with Bieber or Drake? Bieber. Bieber. Bieber oh, man. that's yeah, a lot of expecting Drake. Yeah. Bieber's uh, that dude is so talented. Um, he's yeah. I, I really, you know, always thought he was, but I, as he grows and, and, and you see what he, what he, what he's been able to do musically. I, I there's something really cool. He's, I watch his videos and he's like the sick drummer too. So, um, oh, shout yeah. out. Got the, yeah. got the Bieber. Got, Beebs, got a man. All right. The nice. Bieber nice. <laughs> what do you say, Dummy? Beaver fever. Yeah. Beaver fever. Go. All right. <laughs> um, and, last one, <laughs> and last one here, uh, Rain. Uh, if you had to get a Celine Dion tattoo, where would you put it? Do I have to? <laughs> Go ahead. Forehead. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I like little, I like I like the cheese. post yeah. I like the post Malone style. Yeah, um, yeah, I would do something like that. Or I get okay. like uh your love goat must go on all the lyrics just hairline all the way around. Yeah, dope. Yeah, yeah. Love yeah. it. Love it. Okay, great. Well yeah. thank you for playing. And uh and Rain, thanks for talking to us. Uh, it was really cool to learn about the Pussy Ride song and your NFT activity and the new stuff that OLP has going on. So thank you so much Amazing. for, for, for uh, talking to us. My pleasure. You guys are great. I loved it. It was just all over the place, just like I live <laughs> life. All right. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right. That was Rain Maida, lead singer of Our Lady Peace. So cool. Interesting guy, Demi. Like, Very cool. 
So, Demi, we have uh, our first repeat guest. Yeah, go. Two Feet will be our guest on Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern. He's our first repeat guest, a dear friend of Demi's. So, until Tuesday, you can see us, uh, all our clips and shows on Spotify, on uh, Facebook, YouTube, anywhere that you can get uh, audio or visual clips, you can find Jordan and Demi content. So, until Tuesday, we will see you later. Have a good weekend.